I was once that boy who tried to fit in with the in crowd. I make my presence known by being the only one that was loud. I'd walk around, show everyone love, thinking I really had friends. What I learned is that they would smile on my face but talk about me in the end. And all seven days later when I was fixing up my plate, a girl behind me told me to go kill myself before it was too late. I was like, I never hurt anyone. And all I wanted was to say love, but she hated me. And I knew that would push came to shove. See, many people told me I didn't stand up for myself. Don't let no one walk on top of me. I caved in, and as a result, gave them the victory. I felt defeated. I felt lost. I felt like I was a mistake. I always heard you win some, you lose some. The Lord gives and the Lord takes. The ones I thought were real turned out to be fake. So before I put myself in drive, I had to pump my brakes. So I went to my secret place. Oh, yeah, I know where it is. I put my head down. You can feel the pouring of my tears. Yeah, I cried. I'm not too proud to admit it. I knew I had to make certain things right, so I went back and asked for forgiveness. Reality set in when my best friend was shot. He died instantly. My stomach turned to knots. Staring at the ground, imagine his pain. He had two bullets at his heart and one in his brain. Never thought that this could happen. I was on my way home by train, ran back to his mother's arms and felt bad that he was slain. But I heard his spirit talking. It was in that moment he began walking. He said, don't worry about me. Keep being who you are. You don't have to impress no one in this world. You will go far. Keep pushing those dreams and keep working hard. I'm alive and well. I'm no longer in this graveyard. So I woke up the next day with a smile on my face. I told God I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to finish this race. I used to care about my past. I don't care about it now. I found the wisdom and originality in myself that made me who I am now, Black King. So I looked up to the sky and saw that it's a new day. Then I heard my ancestors say, in the midst of all things, you might feel like you're in some trouble. But through this darkness, you'll be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Today that's in the studio 
I mean, I've been waiting to do an interview with this brother for a minute. We had a few hiccups, but we're here now. I'm talking about none other than my brother, Mr. Lee Trey Brown. We gonna give this brother the introduction that he deserves. I'm talking about none other than my brother Trey Brown. Trey Brown, born and raised in New Britain, Connecticut, introduced to poetry at age eight. His favorite poets are Langston Hughes, Maya Angelou, Tupac Shakur, Black Ice, Rudy Francisco, and Nego True. He's an author of 10 spoken word books with an 11th on the way self-entitled Trey which is an acronym for the testimonies revealing everything. Trey's also working on a spoken word album called The Black Marathon, which coincides with his ninth book, an album that will, be, will have blends of jazz, poetry, gospel, funk, R&B, and hip-hop. Trey's the co-founder of the New Britain Racial Justice Coalition, an activist, a drummer, singer, up-and-coming playwright and an ordained elder in the CME church. Ladies and gentlemen, without no further ado, let's welcome my brother and your brother to the studio, Mr. Trey Brown. What's going on, my brother? What's up, so sessions? What's good? We what, finally here. Finally we, here. We finally here, my brother. And I'm very excited, man. I'm very excited to get you in the studio, man, because you've been working out here, man. And I want my audience to know, like, uh, we're gonna get into the formalities of the of the interview. However, you know, I, I need I, I just it has to be said that this brother right here reminds me of James Brown. <laughs> hard working brother he's out here he's putting it down for the poetry community and i really appreciate you man i i saw you i happened to catch you this is how i i, I discovered you you was out oh, there man. doing things but this is when i discovered you uh i believe it was on my sister uh lady obsidian rain i believe it was on one of her shows and, uh, you know, I try to go through every chance I get, man, but I'd be so busy. But I went through that day and I happened to see you bless the mic. You bless her show with a with a piece. And I was like, yo, I got to get this brother on the show. And when I reached out to you, man, in natural fashion, man, you, you know what I'm saying? You was open arms, man. You wasn't bougie and none of that, man. Let the people know. <laughs> like, you was willing and you was, you know what I'm saying, willing to come on the show and do this interview, man. I appreciate you for that and I applaud you for that, my brother. I'm so happy that we have this opportunity to sit down. Now, the formalities of the interview, I have one, everybody know, I have one preset question that I ask every artist that come in the studio. And I want to get your, you know, your perspective on this question. So, Mr. Right. Trey Brown, for yes, the people, okay. why poetry? Why spoken word? Tell us. Break it down for us. That's that's easy. I can break it down in three aspects. The first is poetry saved my life. Mm. Uh, I'm going to get very, very vulnerable because one thing that I learned is that as 
black men, we need to be okay with being vulnerable. Um, someone that I truly still love and care about <laughs> taught me in a poem that it's okay to be both messy and accepted that vulnerability is strength, you feel me? So when I tell you I was in a place in my life where I thought about, you know, committing suicide, poetry was like my avenue. It was like my release to be able to like do what I do. So uh, when I tell you I took a lot of my pain and put that into poetry, uh, it helped me to really release a lot of that. Poetry became my therapy. It became like my church. The second part of that is my family. Like my mom, she had me in the library like every day. Like when I tell you every day, every day. When I was a kid, I had to wake up. When we had those summer reading challenges, it was like, all right, instead of watching TV, watch a sports center, because you know, we like to be out when we young, you know, and do all the whole TV thing um, and do nothing. Uh, my mom's like, nah, we going to the library. Y'all doing every single reading challenge. Mm-hmm. And the, the kids that I grew up with, they, they hated us, you know, hated me and my siblings because we did all the challenges before the even challenges, uh, due dates were even um, possible to be even be done. Mm-hmm. So shout out to my mom, you know what I'm saying? And also the third reason is my dad because he introduced us to the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In the book of Psalms, that's poetry. That's so right. So it's like I was able to tap into that and my dad was like, yo, you can do anything as long as you have the heart to do it. So I want you to read how David wrote and I want you to make that into your own style and listen to Tupac. My dad introduced me to Tupac. He also introduced me to Biggie, but mostly Tupac only because Tupac was very poetic. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, the rose that grew from concrete is one of my favorite poems to this day and also the um, poem about Jada uh, by Tupac is one of my favorites as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to take that and develop my own style by watching like Rudy Francisco, Nigo True, um, one of my dear friends, Brandon Leak. Um, you know, watching people like my boy Influence, uh, Sean, my Influence Little, he's one of our major influences. And that's funny that his poetry name is Influence. Um, you know, watching like Lady of City of Rain, who is my sister, my friend, and even watching you, like y'all inspire me and push me daily to be able to do what I do. So, you know what I'm saying? It's a team effort, and that's Definitely. why poetry is it's who I am. Not only that, to end it like this, um, poetry and I have a crazy relationship. Like, I'll be like, yeah, I'm retiring. Then I'm like, all right, I'm not retiring. Then I'm retiring, not retiring. And I find <laughs> myself writing brand new material, like, every moment. Like, when I wake up, I write a poem. Before I go to sleep, I write a poem. So it's like, you know, God gave me a gift, so I'm not going to sit here and let it just, you know, fester. I'm going to just use that to That's the right. fullest and maximum potential. You know what I mean? So Definitely. Now, let me ask you a question real quick, because you made you may mention of Brandon Lee. If I'm not mistaken, isn't this the brother that did the poem on America's Got Talent? Yeah, he actually won America's Got Talent. I'll actually uh, be linking with him July 22nd through the 24th at the Poets Life um, uh, homecoming out there in Atlanta. Um, he won. And when I tell you this man, he told me I was one hell of a wordsmith. For him to say that to me, that meant the world to me. And I'm like, nah, you won one hell of a wordsmith. It's crazy <laughs> that you say that because you know something like seriously speaking, when I, 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 I seen that brother. Y'all favor mm-hmm. each other a little bit. Y'all kind of look alike. <laughs> Y'all do kind of look alike. And I and I saw that poem on America's Got Talent. This is before I even seen you. And um, yeah. I see I, I saw that poem and I was moved. I was really moved by that poem that he performed on America's Got Talent. And yeah. um, and then I went looking for you. I went I went to go do some research on you when I actually yeah. saw you on um Instagram. And then he came up. 
And it's crazy because y'all do kind of look alike. And I was like, <laughs> is this the brother? I'm like, nah, that's not him. And I'm looking at photos and all because y'all do look alike. And y'all styles, <laughs> it's kind of like I can really see the similarity. I can see yeah. the similarity in y'all styles. I can when, see it in the when passion. I tell you about When I tell you about Brandon Leak, you know, um, he was when I was doing an Instagram uh, poetically speaking um, one day he happened to be on and I was like yo like I'm a fan of yours and he immediately followed me and we connected and you know sent me uh, the the, uh, the ability to be able to watch his uh, special a family affair on the CW mm. and when I tell you Brandon Leak is one of the most realist genuine most ethereal effervescent dudes to ever be around uh, he is someone that I truly like look up to and you know his poem was like about Puff which was about his sister that had passed away I was like yo I had a sister that passed away wow. you know what I'm saying like he he did a joint um, which is one of my favorites about one of his um, about his daughter um, that won America's Got Talent he's the first uh, black and the first poet to ever win America's Got Talent Shout you know what I'm saying Talk about when he was like five and ten and sixteen, twenty-five. Like I'm like, yo, like I'm inspired. Like I just want to be a little brother. Like <laughs> so, the fact that I'll be uh, in the same space with him, July twenty-second to the twenty-fourth in Atlanta. I'm gonna make sure I send you a picture because people did tell me I kind of look like him too. You so do, y'all do, <laughs> y'all do look alike, man. Y'all really do. And uh, yo, man, it's well deserving of you, my brother. It's well deserving. Like when when I did the little research on you and I found out that you had 11 books, you got a 12 book on the way. You have a poetry album on the way. We're going to get into all that. But I was like, wow, this brother is out here working, man. He's not wasting no time. And you're also a youth pastor, if I'm not correct. Man, listen, uh, I'm what's known as a traveling elder, Christian Methodist, Episcopal Church. I'm trying to get a church one day, too, but I'm going to incorporate poetry mm. through some type of, you know, capacity through uh, through, through the uh, through the word, which is great. Because, you know, poetry is, is preaching and preaching is poetry. You know That's what I right. mean? It's, it's proclaiming your truth. And, and so many times, and I might as well just come for some heads real quick. Sometimes the church likes to exasperate, you know, the ability for us to be human. You know what I mean? We got to learn how to just use our gifts and talents in order to make a difference in this world. And, you know, we shouldn't have to conform to the past and tradition, but to be original and authentic in what we do. And yeah, so I have a 12th book coming out. It's called Collision Course, A Story of Vulnerability. Um, these are all my trauma pieces, my heartbreak pieces, my... Um, I got some love poems in there. You know what I mean? I'm actually going to read a couple of them uh, once I get these backs, you know, down or whatever, because, you know, I'm in Philly. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, uh, the reason why I call it Collision Course is because, you know, when it sometimes feels like your world is just colliding and you're going through different stages, you feel like, you know, like, you know, like a collision course. Mm. Like one minute you're doing good, the next minute you're doing bad. It's like, what's next? What what else can hit you? So that's why I call it a collision course. And the subtitle of story of vulnerability is, as I said before, uh, a poet told me, you know, vulnerability is strength. So shout out to her. That's right. Um, it is. You know, and it's okay to be vulnerable. You know, it's okay to have those moments where you're going to cry and you want to break down. But, you know, at the same token, you have the ability to be strong from that so that you don't look like what you've been through. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... Um, the vulnerability yeah, on, piggybacking on that on that note vulnerability you know you notice that like comedians comedians and poets are very similar they're both spoken word artists you know so 
the aspect of the comedian. When you look at a comedian, the most successful comedians are the are the comedians that are the most vulnerable. They're the ones who who share their 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 most inner secrets and they put it for people to laugh at and they put it on display so people can find some amusement in it. And it works also with poetry. The more vulnerable you are, the more you know people feel that they can relate to you. People feel that they can mm-hmm. they can identify with what you've been through and what they've been through and find that connection and it can help them get through those hard times. So mm-hmm. that vulnerability is something that, you know, only the seasoned poets, you know, yeah. seasoned poets know the difference between being vulnerable and then trying to be cool. Because you got some poets that get up there. I just want to sound slick. I want to have wordplay and I want right. to, you know, and they don't they don't mind the, the vulnerability. But it's that vulnerability that allows you to connect with, with yeah. your audience, you know. Yeah. And so I think that's a phenomenal piece. Speaking of such that piece that I played in the beginning of the show. I, I want you to tell us a little bit about that piece because that was a very vulnerable piece. Wait, and, uh, which one did you play? I played the one um, that you dedicated to the sister that had committed suicide. You found light at the end of the tunnel? Light at the oh end of the God. tunnel. Oh my God. Yo, all right. So, uh, so first and foremost, yeah. So shout out uh, to the family of my friend, my blessed friend, Adriana Miller, who you know, unfortunately had taken a life um, back in March and I had the honor of uh, of eulogizing her. Um, and also I dedicated it uh, to my boy Jaquan Walters, um, who was murdered. Um, you know, he was murdered. Uh, it's going to be two years. Goodness gracious. Time is flying. Um, but yeah, so the backstory about light at the end of the tunnel is that... Um, when I was in college, I went to Alberta's Madness College. Uh, it was my, I want to say my freshman year of college. And I was trying to fit in with everybody. Like, I was trying to fit in with the basketball players, the girl basketball players, trying to fit in, you know, with student council, everything. And when I thought that everybody had my back, you know, during my freshman year, they was literally laughing at me, you know, behind my back. You know what I mean? And then one time I was sitting um, at this table, this girl, um, who I was very, very, I thought, you know, we were going to be something, you know, I thought we were going to be friends. Um, literally, I was asking her, like, hey, did you do something, you know, did you do a homework assignment? You want to do this together? And she was like, yo, you're annoying. Go kill yourself. Mm. And I was like, hey, like, what did I do to deserve that? And that put me in a trance where I didn't want to go to class. Everybody was looking for me. All the teachers was looking for me. And, you know, I was like, yo, this girl told me to go kill myself. And I literally was going to commit suicide my freshman year of college. Like, I had it all planned out, everything. And then, um, you know, as time went on, I found out one of my friends got murdered. I ran to his mom. I literally got on the train from New Haven all the way to Hartford and, you know, was with that family during that time. And when I saw him in my dreams, you know, he was like, yo, don't worry about me. You have to do what's best for you. You have to pursue your dreams. You have to pursue your passions. You know, God gave you a purpose, so don't worry about me. I'm fine where I'm at. I'm with God, so you have to keep moving forward. Mm. And I vowed to God, you know, that I was going to finish this. Whatever we start together, we're going to finish this. And this was the first uh, slam poem that I did for a talent show um, at our British College in 20, I would say 2014. And I said, I don't even want to enter the show to win. I just want to do this poem. Mm. And I had a standing ovation And one of my friends of the Toya Hunter She came up to me in tears and she cried Well she's married now but this is when uh, you know, We were in college together um, And she was like this had to be one of the deepest poems That I ever ever heard mm. And you know 
that just became like my 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 they call it my signature piece i performed it all over connecticut performed it outside of connecticut uh my friend adrian elliot who does open mics um she always asked me for that poem she's like trey i don't care about your new stuff give me my favorite poem and i'm like man can i just like do some of my new material first like and she's like okay do your new material but give me my favorite poem that i want and i'm like all right adrian so but yeah light at the end of the tunnel that yeah that piece was it's a phenomenal piece very heartfelt piece and uh really man i was like wow man this is a very vulnerable piece it's a it's a piece that a lot of people can sit and take from gather some inspiration that you know you know when things get rough you know there's always there's always some type of light at the end of the tunnel and we gotta Mm -hmm. be patient enough to get there you know what i mean because it it gets hard sometimes it get real hard but uh, that yeah. was a very vulnerable piece, man. Uh, and I applaud you for that piece, man. Very, very powerful piece, my brother. Very powerful. Man, now, listen, when I tell you, when I think about that poem, I'm not even going to hold you. I literally sit here and I'm like, I, I, I literally like, how was I able to compose such a poem like this? And then the funny part was I wrote that poem seven times. Mm. So there was like seven different versions of it. Mm. And it was like, I wanted to make this more authentic. Like I would go and read it off my phone. Now I'm able to memorize that, that particular piece. And it comes second nature. Like, Oh, if I need something to go into the, you know, go into the bag, pull out light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. And you know, I think I only lost like one competition with that piece. Mm. Um, but I've won like seven different competitions with that particular poem. So it's like, God is good because he's shown me, yo, like there is light at the end of the tunnel. You know, don't be afraid about anything. Just remember your purpose and remember why I created you. Remember why I formed you, you know, in your mother's womb, you know, cause mm. I set you aside, not for you to be, to fit in, but for you to stand out, you know? So that's why that poem, it really like, it hits different now. Yeah, it do, man. Definitely a deep poem, but my audience is going to kill me if I do not get you to spit something on the show so <laughs> i gotta i gotta segue into that we gotta hear you perform right. so this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna play a commercial from one of our sponsors and then i'm gonna set the stage for you to perform your first piece i cannot wait so we're gonna get into that you want something new or do you want me to do light at the end of the tunnel what you, what you, feel like? you want Anything, anything I want. Anything you want. <laughs> Hello, this is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Intercharm Press International. First, I must say we at Intercharm Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Intercharm Press International offer to you is listeners and all spoken word artists writers and poets a 10 percent discount on all of our publishing packages and services please mention code spoken soul to take advantage of this offer while it lasts you can contact us at in touch at innerchildpress.com and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.interchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage to perform his first piece, let's please welcome to the studio my brother and your brother, Mr. Trey Brown. Um, 
This is called Delayed Not Denied. Sometimes the best inspiration comes from the deepest parts of us because in doing so while you write, God could be using you to bless someone else, to help someone who may be going through the same things that you are. Sometimes I believe that God gives hard battles to his toughest soldiers because the devil can't do nothing to you unless God allows it. He will only allow it because he knows you can handle it. Unfortunately, we don't know what that something is, but God does. And it's to prepare you for what's best and never to fail you. I know from experience. Depression can sometimes be inescapable. You can, you become content with the lies and the dark thoughts in your mind. You wonder if living is worth it, knowing that you knowing that the hurt you've endured is making you second guess yourself. That was me for the past month. Yeah, I confess that because of the heartbreak I've endured, I questioned if I should still be alive. I was losing my mind and felt like I was running out of time, wanting to overdose because I overdosed on not letting go, avoided all the signs and made excuses to keep that spark alive. Alive, looking foolish and disgusting, even appalling to see. I had to look in the mirror and ask myself if this was truly me. Man, I look a hot mess. But it hit me. You got to know that there's a God in heaven who is capable. You may feel like you're being delayed, but you're never being denied. You may feel like you're, you're struggling, but the struggle doesn't last forever. You may want to give up and have given up, but you're not down for the count. You're not a failure. You are worthy and deserving of having your place at the table. You got to keep going and keep the faith. Even when the road seems to be darkest, God will bring you through the toughest storms. While you're freezing, he's there to keep you warm. Feel what you're feeling now because you're only human. But know that if you're asking God for a way out, he's going to do it on his time and due season. So don't belittle your worth or existence. You're put here on a purpose and to live on purpose. Yes, I know the pain gets tougher and you want to feel accepted and appreciated by everyone. But truth is, everyone isn't for you. However, God has a bigger plan that will give you a brighter future and a promise of tomorrow. I'm never going to tell you not to feel what you're feeling. I'm never going to tell you to suck it up. I'm never going to tell you to feel every last feeling that you're feeling. Pain isn't really there to hurt you. Pain is there to mold you and to bring something out of you because what you feel now when God blesses you, you'll look back and truly tell him thank you for bringing you out of that dark place and be able to smile knowing that you don't look like what you've been through. A delay never means that it's not coming. A delay is preparing you for what's next, so hold that head up keep going. You're more than a conqueror. You belong here. Tears don't make you weak. They make you strong. Blessings can never be denied for the one who continues to try. So say to yourself that you shall live and not die. So I wrote this poem because the best inspiration comes from the deepest parts of me. Now that it's complete, I can finally say that I'm free. Trey. Very inspirational. One more time for the crowd. Wow, man. Very, very heartfelt piece, man. Like, walk us through it, man. What, what inspired this piece, man? So, what inspired this piece was I was literally going through a depressive moment from a from a relationship, and. I was literally like trying to figure out why me, like why did this relationship had to end? Because I truly invested, you know what I'm saying? My heart into someone and, you know, 
and we still have mutual respect for one another, you know what I mean? But then it was like, I went into like a deep depression and I was so upset and so dismayed that one of my um, blessed friends, um, Q, we was having a conversation and literally I took uh, Q's text message and turned it into a poem. And I was able to take the words that I received from God and blended it in along with my experiences. So this mm. poem, delayed but not um, delayed, not denied, also was a prompt by my um, my good sister Angel Kim, one of my big sisters. Um, and she was like, "All right, so I want you to do something with this, delayed, not denied." And then that conversation with Q, I took, like I said, I took that text message and turned it into a poem. And then I was able to hear from God the other words that He wanted me to say, and really just put my truth out there and to really be transparent. Because a lot of times, what I learned is that a lot of us poets, we want to have the bars, the punch lines, but we're not um, authentic and being truthful and being transparent because we don't want to be judged. We want to be recognized for our bar. Hello? We got a little... I think we got... There's a little bit of technical difficulties. All right. The brother, we had a little bit. He's on location right now, so he should be... There we go. He got him got him back in right now. You there, Trey? A little bit of technical difficulties. So yeah, we got we back with my brother, man. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. You know how this thing works. But yeah, Trey, what you were saying, my brother? <laughs> Yeah, so like I said, like God literally gave me the inspiration to write this particular, to write this poem uh, through my sister Angel Kim, uh, through my boy Q, and I literally took our text message conversation and put it into an entire poem. Mm. Um, so God is good. So that's why I was able to write this such a vulnerable and touching piece. Yeah, so that that piece was very vulnerable and and it was very touching and relatable because we all been there. You know what I'm saying? We've all been there, man. So. Uh, Definitely, man. Kudos to you, my brother. But yeah, man, we want to get into some of these accolades, man. Like, this brother got 11 <laughs> books. He got 11 <laughs> books with a 12th one on the way. We're going to sit here and act like he, like, you working out here, man. Like, what inspired you? I don't have, I, I got books, I got poems that's published in like different anthologies. Yeah. I got albums out. But 11 yeah. books, I'm still working on my first book. Like, my first right, book right. is about to come out, man. You got 11, man. Yo, take us through that process, man. And are you all self-published or do you have a publisher? Like, break, yeah. break, break that down for the people. So, so I'm self-published, but I'm going to be starting my own self-pub, my own publishing group um, next year. So, God is good. It's going to be called Prolific Poetry LLC. Um, all the money is going to go right to the poets. I'm not even going to tell them that I need to take a percentage. My job is going to be able to help promote, push, and publish um, their books. You know what I mean? Because when you have publishers nowadays, they want to try to just milk you for your royalties. I want to teach every single poet how to be able to manage your royalties and make sure that you get what's due you. Because so many times, we, these publishers, they want to try to scam the scheme. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll sell you this great deal, talking a book tour, this and the fourth. 
but they're going to get majority of what you, you know, what generate. you give them. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? What you generate. So I'm, that's why I'm starting my, uh, my own LLC called Prolific Poetry LLC, where all the poets get every single thing that they deserve. I don't want nothing from them but to see them be successful and to, to thrive in their gift. So, wow. um, but like I was saying earlier, I got my 12th book coming. And what motivated me was just the fact that one day, um, I saw one of my sisters, her name is Tamara Robinson Taylor, um, one of, another one of my favorite poets. She um, she uh, was like publishing books or whatever. I was like, so I have all these poems, like what do you do? She said, oh, I self-publish my joints. So then I said, okay, so tell me a process on how to do that. And then she, we talked about it. I learned the process and I was able to publish my first book, which was called A Soliloquy to My Past Life. Mm. Um, and I was able to go from there. And then you have titles like Polkertude, um, From Heartbreak to Happiness. Um, let's see, what else? What other titles? Let's see if I can memorize all these titles because I'm getting old. I'm not even going <laughs> to. Uh, from Heartbreak to Happiness, Seasons, Read This While It Rains, um, Lo Love Poetry. Um, let's see, I got a joint. Um, dang, I'm trying to remember. Let's see if I can I'm going to remember all these. I definitely can. Um, Yeah, the Black Marathon. Um, that one, I think, is one of my favorite ones because it's like my activism poetry book. Because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in light of like George Floyd and um, Breonna Taylor and all those yeah. that were affected by police brutality. Um, Trey, uh, Truth Reveal, everything, the moment my heart spoke. Um, uh, for her heart only. Um, yeah, and I pretty much just named so all of roughly, them. So. so roughly, how many poems in the, is in each book? I say between 50 to 60 poems. Wow, that's amazing, man. That's amazing, man. It's amazing. That's amazing. And, like, for real. And the, cool, and the cool thing is, with my books, they're different. It's not like the average poetry book that's like, oh, you got some hyperbole and as in this novel. You're going to get some rap bars in there. You go get some songs in there. You'll get some letters in there. Letters I turn into poetry. Um, I'm not trying to be like, all the other, you know, poets and stuff like that. I'm trying to just be the very authentic self that I can be because, you know, authenticity is everything. That's right. That's right. It's everything. So, and I'm, you got a, you got a certain flow with you, bro. And I, I noticed that when I first seen you, man, that's what really drew me to you. When I seen you perform, you got this energy. It's this energy that, that you exude that, you know, people want to get to know you. People want to get to know your spoken word. And I was like, wow, man, when I when I said 11 books, man, I'm like, man, every waking moment, this brother is writing, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got 11 books, and then you working on the CD. Now, the CD that's about to come out, yeah, are you going to self, you know what I'm saying, produce that as well? Or do you got so, some workers working on it? Because I know you are a drummer. You are you are definitely a musician. You <laughs> sing. So this brother, like like ladies and gentlemen, spoken soul family. This brother, he's doing a lot, man. He's not he's not yeah. no one stop shop. He's not just no one trick pony. He got so many different things going on that he can contribute to this element of spoken word, man. So yeah. So, so let's break it down. So I have my brother, and shout out to him. His name is Tyrone Brown. T. Aaron Music. He's gonna be producing. Pretty much 99.99% of the album. Um, I have one uh, joint that's going to be uh, done by one of my close friends, Major League Beats. Um, he's one of the most amazing poetry producers of all time. But my brother, he plays keyboards, plays drums. Uh, he's one of my major influences. Um, so he's going to be doing, he's going to be the executive producer for this album. Um, I actually titled it... Um, 
Infinity. That's going to be the title of my debut album. And oh. I'm excited about it. I also have my friend on there. His name is Late Night. Um, he does a lot of like EDM stuff, but he did this uh, gospel type of beat that I'm going to do a poem over. Um, and it, and when I tell you this, this album, you're going to get the funk, you'll get some jazz, you're going to get poetry, you're going to get gospel. Mm. I'm going to sing on there. I don't know if I'm going to have some features, uh, but... Um, you just gotta wait and see, like you know what I mean. But just know this this body of work is gonna be one of the most um, amazing works. So you can probably hear poems that were in my books on this album, as well as new material like the poem I just did, "Delayed Not Denied." Um, I got some new other joints like "Regrets," um, "October 6th. Um, I got a lot of stuff that's gonna be on this uh, this project, and the goal is I'm gonna submit it for the Grammys. Oh, you know, now that up, there's an opportunity for poets to be able to submit their work for the Grammys, I'm gonna do that. You know, Indeed, and man. I don't care. If, listen, I don't care if I win. I don't care. I mean, it would be great if I won, but I don't care if I lose because at the end of the day, the fact that I'm gonna be able to submit my work, exactly. you know, for their consideration and do that from Connecticut as a spoken word poet, um, that's something that I want to do. I think you know that's I mean? phenomenal, I man. I think that's phenomenal, man. And the the, the fact that Connecticut, because we want to talk about Connecticut for right now, because Connecticut, man, Connecticut got yes. a little a little nice base of poetry poetry out there. One of my oh, yeah. one of my good friends that's out there was in Connecticut. I don't know, you may know him. Um, Tarishi Midnight Shula. Yeah, Midnight. That's yeah, my boy. Midnight, man. That's my brother right there. We did because he he's a playwright as well, and we are gonna get into that too because I know you you're an upcoming playwright as well. But yeah. Midnight. Uh, dope brother, man. Dope brother, and um, he's out in that Connecticut area, and yes. he came to Brooklyn, and me and this brother did a lot of projects together. We was in slams where we competed and things of that nature, but yeah. phenomenal brother, man. Phenomenal artist, man. And he yeah. was telling me some of the things that was going on out there and the stuff that they was doing out in Connecticut, yeah, yeah. man. And Connecticut got a nice force going on that with the with the spoken word, and I definitely want to visit. I definitely want to come out there and visit and perform, you know, and, yeah. and just contribute to that movement that's going on out there in Connecticut. So, so how about this? When I do my poetry special, I'll have you as one of my featured artists to be able to perform before I go up and do my poetry special. Oh, that would so be you cool, come out man. Here to Connecticut because you gave me the opportunity to be on your platform. So I want to reciprocate and let you be a part of this special moment that I'm going to do. Most um, definitely, Midnight my is one of my That's one of my boys. And shout out to him. Shout out to, like I said, Influence. Shout out to my team, the transcribers. When I tell you these, these... These, these, this group right here, the transcribers, they're they're gonna be taking over for generations to come. Especially like my bros, also uh, Brother Bear, uh, Adriana, Carla, uh, Miss Winter, um, PJ. You know what I'm saying? These poets right here, this this group, they're they're just phenomenal. And we do a showcase called Sunday Night Slam. Um, we've had our third one. We're working on our um, fourth one, and it's gonna be absolutely beautiful. You know, shout out also um, Urban Nerd, who is. When I say he's one of the most realest poets out here, you know, amazing D True Poetry, uh, Sarah Serenity. Uh, shout out Sarah to Sarah Serenity. That that's the sister that you gave a little bit of your time to when <laughs> when you, when you was on the show. Yeah, I do my research, man. I do my yeah, research, my brother. So, <laughs> so Sarah Serenity, that's someone that's you know what I'm saying. Um, 
Yeah, that's the conversation I gotta have offline. But um, but nah, real talk though. Sam Serenity, she the future. Um, one dope of the most poet, um, dope, dope poet. poets. I had uh, got her mad because I told her last, like, I caught her up without even like you know, um, you know, even like giving her the heads up so she be prepared. <laughs> uh, but nah, like she's she's the future. And I mean, like when I tell you, uh, someone like Sam Serenity in your life, she brings you that serenity. Like mm. her poetry is amazing. Um, and she she got. She she got she got joints for days, and she actually was a feature headline in the show for the first time since COVID. Um, and I was like, "Yo, like let's let's give them a taste of what's gonna happen. Like when you gonna do your thing." So she she, she even though she got mad at me for it, you know, she got up on stage and she killed it with that poem release as well yeah, as um. She did a thing, man. She definitely you know, did a thing, bro. <laughs> and then you have all um, my other homies like Yex out there, uh, Tamani Rain, aka Nala, um, Bay Jones, um, Crown. You know, my boy Balance, Phil Alexander, who has a crazy, crazy EP. Um, bruh, it's Connecticut. We on the rise with poetry. And I know there's so much hidden poets that's in Connecticut. But yeah, mm. shout out to Sam I appreciate you. I definitely future. appreciate the movement that's going on out there in Connecticut, man. I, I really appreciate it. I love to see it. I love to see poets you know, striving to take this to the forefront. And by you saying you're going to submit your album to the Grammys, I think that right there is just outstanding, my brother. Because when yeah. you look at when you look at that, that, that category with the Grammys, they hardly ever even put it on TV, the person who wins. But you don't even know who these people are. And most of the times who get that award is like uh, presidents, who do speeches and things of that nature. It's not really even spoken word or poetry. It's just a matter of, of, of delivering lectures and things of that nature. And I think for a poet to get, you know, a Grammy, I think that's phenomenal. I think it's outstanding. I think it's, it's something that's good for the culture. It's good yeah. for the culture, man. And uh, I wish you all the best with that in that regard, my brother, because Listen, we rooting it's, it's for like you. It's like this, you know, when Diddy was like, uh, the next Michael Jackson is coming from Connecticut, that put the fire in me to work twice and triple as hard. So I'm a part mm. of a group called YBG, who says for young, black and gifted. And we have from poets to, well, I'm the only poet with them, but we're going to have more. Uh, we got poets, singers, uh, hosts. We have all that. So I said, listen, I'm. I'm for y'all going after y'all dreams, but now it's my it's my turn to really go after mine. But I'm gonna keep y'all in the loop with what I'm doing because we need to we need to act on these people that sleep on Connecticut. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like people be like Connecticut, people from Connecticut act like they're from New York, or they act like they're from Georgia, or they act like they're from um, New Jersey. They don't know how to be themselves. Like I'm trying to show people, yo, we have so many uh, so many gems with singers, rappers, producers, athletes, mm -hmm. drummers, poets. We have game changers right here in Connecticut. So. I'm trying to do that and that's why I'm going to be submitting my work for the Grammys that's and right, you know and God says it you know and I even I believe it too it's like you know uh, Nipsey Hussle said it best he, and, and rest in peace Nipsey Hussle he's like you got to speak those things into the universe and they will appear that's you know right. that's, that's, and I found my thing. purpose you know see the thing with manifestation what people fail to realize is that in order to manifest you got to believe you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. and, and the belief you know the belief is that belief is in you it's that, mm -hmm. that unwavering, you know, commitment to say, listen, I know I can do this. And this is the surefire way to manifest. And you're speaking it to existence, my brother, is going to come into fruition. And you just got to believe that, man. And we all got to believe that because we're yes, going sir. in the right, we're going in the right path, man. But my audience is going to kill me. 
We 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 forty you minutes. Need another poem? Yeah, man. We're forty right, minutes go. into the interview, man, and, and you only spit once. So we gonna we, let's, we, go. let's set the stage back up for my brother, and let's get another piece in so the people can talk about this piece. Coming back right, to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my brother and your brother, Mr. Trey Brown. Do you hear him crying out to his mother? Do you hear him crying out in pain, gasping for air, complaining that he can't breathe for nine minutes and 29 seconds? Can you imagine looking at him on the ground with an officer's knee on the back of his neck, abusing his power and failing to protect and serve without a carrying bone in his body? Can you picture how the bystanders were feeling witnessing a public assassination of a black man who didn't receive the proper, proper medical attention, watched him breathe his last breath and saw his nose bleeding? Can you feel the pain? Can you feel the tears that flow from their faces onto the cold concrete streets while recording the heinous event that took place on their phones? Can you feel the frustration of a young woman asking them to check for a pulse and the partners who aided Chauvin were being heartless and combative, instigating a rise out of those who witnessed a murder that day? How does it make you feel deep down inside? How do you feel that a noose was replaced with a knee instead of shouting white power? It was replaced with heels failing to comply and fentanyl and metaphorming killed him. You can't paint how angry I am. Being black should not be considered a crime. How do we have the right to remain silent when we've been deprived of our rights since the beginning of time? It figures, though, they can emulate our style and lingo. It is okay to use the N-word, but when we want to speak up about injustice, we can't be heard. We're either considered ignorant, a threat, bad and bougie, doing it for the gram in the 99 and 2000s, thrown in jail or killed. They say all lives matter, but when does a black life matter in a country full of hatred and ill will? A daughter can't have her father walk her down the aisle for a wedding and won't be able to hold his future grandchildren because he's buried next to his mother. I can't breathe. I, I can't breathe. My neck, my neck. Can you hear George now? Why did my happiness have to transmute into a crooked smile? I don't want justice later. I want justice now. I shouldn't have to wait for my best dressed day in my casket to see justice roll down like mighty streams of water. It shouldn't have to take another knee to the neck for you to get this message. So keep your sunny excuses for privilege out of it. Keep your own lives matter rhetoric out of it. Will you hang me for what I believe? Or will you allow me to be free? Why is this injustice still happening? We've replaced names with hashtags and those hashtags keep us bound the way chains do. Explain for me the reasons for Tamir Rice and Amadou. Make it make sense about Ayana, Sandra, and Brianna. Will I get shot 20 times like Walter Scott, 60 times like Jalen Walker, or killed while running wild black like Ahmad? If I put my hands up, will you fire rounds like Demario and Michael? Why does my blackness scare you? Why couldn't you allow Eric to breathe? Why couldn't you allow Trayvon to walk around with a hoodie, skills, and sweet tea? Why did Emmett Till have to be lynched and thrown into the Talish Hatchie? So do you hear George now? Oh, that's making you cry. <laughs> that's making you real mad. Nine minutes, 29 seconds with the headlines, agony, painted news. Shame on you by the end of this piece if you're still confused. But newsflash and a reminder, his guilty verdict doesn't banish the turmoil that my people had to go through. They use the Bible in order to justify slavery, disguise it with black on black crimes and make it seem like we don't care about our kind. Oh, you still don't comprehend? When will this end? I just want to live. Can I live? Can I? Poem. This, this, this poem right here, man, is 
self-explanatory, you know what I mean, the, the motivation behind it, man. But wow, man. They replaced the noose for a knee. A noose for a knee. That's, oh, man. Very vivid poem, man. Very, you know, and we as a people, man, we're fed up. Fed up with the constant excuses. You know, this this poem right here puts it all out on the table, man. You see the years and years of the same, you know, on repeat, Emmett Till, you know, Luima, you know what I'm saying? Amadou, Sean Bell, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Eric Garner. I mean, it goes on and on. Sandra mm-hmm. Bland. I mean, it, it's on and, now, and on, man. And now we got Jalen Walker. 90, 90 shots. 90 shots. Um, 60 of them hit his body. You got Randy T. Cox out of... Um, sorry about that. You have Randy T. Cox out of New Haven, paralyzed by New Haven police. Wow. And we have uh, Ashley Ben Crump coming down to be a part of this rally. Um, we, you know, you're talking uh, Sandra Bland. You're talking Breonna Taylor, Ayanna Jones. You know what I mean? Allah to Salal. You know what I mean? And it's it's just so unbelievable. You know, and even if we want to take it a step further back in time, don't forget about the four girls that was in that church bombing. Indeed. You know what I mean? Indeed. And then, you know, uh, Emmett Till, you know, like, and they just now found the warrant for the arrest of Carolyn Bryant. You know, that's the woman that accused that, of Emmett, Emmett Till. Till of whistling exactly. at her. Like, all he was doing was trying to talk because of his polio. Mm. So we're going to, and I'm going to be honest with you, and, and now you look at Connecticut now, you have like Lauren Smith Fields, you know, that case going on. You have Jason Negron and um, Mubarak Suleiman as well. So we, that's why I said like, I don't want justice later. I want justice now. Right. I shouldn't have to wait for my best dressed day in my casket to see justice roll down. So shout out to Jennifer uh, Long because I kind of bother. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's the truth though. I don't want to be dead to see justice for my people. And that's why I wrote this piece and I called it nine minutes and 29 seconds because originally it was like eight minutes and I think 26 seconds or something like that, but it was actually nine minutes and 29 seconds that uh, George Floyd was on the ground um, being lynched assassinated, murdered by uh, Derek Chauvin. That's right, man. A horrified scene. The imagery of that was just so horrifying, man. And uh, uh, kudos to you, my brother, for really writing that piece and and giving an accurate description of what's going on because that was a modern-day lynching. Call it what it is, man. Right before our eyes in front of everybody. And if you notice, it was at that time because we had... Up until that point, we have never seen something so blatant recorded from beginning to end right in front of our face. We always like with the Sean Bell, we got the Sean Bell, the news, they they put their little input on it and try to, you know, die down the Luima. We didn't have the video evidence of start to finish to see with our own eyes what was going on. And um, yeah. that that George Floyd case, man, we the whole world seen it. The whole world seen how they view us, how they how they regard us and um and i thank you my brother for bringing that to the attention of the people in the poem that was so you know i'm saying well written man i appreciate you for that my brother i got one more i'm ready all right so now look the last piece because we get we get into the the end of the show but I want you to save that last piece. I want that to be the last piece you give to the people. It could be anything you. you want. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what it is. 
make you know what I'm saying make this last piece your piece whatever this piece is for you this is your time you. right here my brother but, I got you but definitely bro like uh like for real I just want the people to know man I want us to get to be able to support you in any way we possibly can. So like your books, we know they're self-published. How can we get your books? Who do we have to go to? Who do we have to send the money to? Do we cash app you directly? Do you have it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles? Tell the people how we can get in touch. How can we engage with you? How can we support you, my brother? Yeah, so my cash app is dollar sign T R E, the letter B, and then in capital V A I N, Trey B. Vane. Um, yeah, that's in homage to my sister uh, who passed away in a car accident six years ago. Um, yeah, and what I do is with my well, my, my books, if you cash at me the money, I will send them to you uh, as a PDF because you will get exclusive poetry that's not even in the books. And I actually, I might as well just be honest. So I actually going to have 13 books. Um, so um, the reason why is because the 12th one that I did was uh, very, 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 um, it was a personal book, but, you know, it was for somebody that I was with, and I actually dedicated it to her, so she was the only one that had the copy, but now I'm about to put that copy out there um, as oh. well, um, so yo, everybody will get that privately, um, yeah, That's so... Dope. And so if you want it, you can also find me on Amazon.com under Trey Brown. That's T-R-E-B-R-O-W-N. Um, yeah, and all the money that um, that I get is going to go towards the funding of my poetry special. Um, these tears still have the story. So I'm just excited, you know, and I'm also going to be donating money to Howard University as well as Morehouse and Spelman College um, because we have to support our HBCUs. Definitely. You know, I, I'm no longer going to contribute my money to these institutions that's not pushing our people to the next level, to the next dimension. So I'm going to be donating to HBCUs. And my goal within the next three to four years is to start a scholarship where I give to a young lady or a young man who wants to go to an HBCU, but they maintain at least a 3.5, 3.6 GPA so that they can be able to receive the money. Mm, dope, man. Great idea, man. And uh, I mean, powerful, man. Power, coming from a powerful brother, man. Powerful, bro. And uh, I, I want to, before you spit your last piece, I want to get into this accolade because you are a playwright. You say you have an upcoming <laughs> play that's coming up that you're about to start, yeah. and I believe it's in August. You you have a play that yeah. you're starting. Yo, yeah, you will find out everything. Like, <laughs> so I'm in a play, and shout out to Miss Tammy. I call her Mama Tammy, Tammy Smith. Um, the play is called Two Wrongs Don't Make It Right. I play the role of uh, Troy Bryant. Um, Troy Bryant is a man who um, catches feelings for a young lady named Constance. Um, and what he doesn't realize is that Constance was actually engaged to someone and then was having an affair with another person. Um, which is going to shock everybody. Um, and he realizes this when he proposes to her and was, and she, you know, pretty much gives him run around like, yeah, let me think about it. Let me give it some time. Let me give it some thought, whatever, whatever the case may be. And, you know, you're going to see a lot in this play. Um, it's for two days, the 19th to 20th in New Haven. I'm excited because this is, uh, 
It's going to be my first time actually hitting the stage in a different light. I'm actually singing in this play. Oh. Um, so, because Miss Tammy, she, she actually wrote the music for this play and arranged it in such an eloquent way. You're going to see the uncle of his, his uncle Leroy. Uh, he is one crazy, crazy, crazy guy. Um, but he makes so much sense about everything. And when Troy really realizes his worth, you know, he's able to finally stand up to, um, to her and say, listen, I'm going to call you on my time and set the parameters. And you're going to see a lot in this play. Shout out to Miss Tan. Shout out to the cast of uh, Two Girls nah, to Make It Right. Man. I know it's going to be dope. I know it's going to be fire, man. And anywhere we can support at the show, definitely when it's coming out, I want to blast it. I definitely want to blast it because, uh, you know, I want people to go check it out, man. I want yeah. you to be able to go check this play out and really, you know what I'm saying, connect with you, my brother, man, because I really believe you deserve it, man. I really yeah. do believe you deserve it. So, man, I appreciate you, man, for coming through, man. I appreciate you for coming through, spending this time, because let me give my audience a little context. You hear the background. This brother right now is on location. He's traveling to go do a poetry event, and he took the time out to come really, you know, chill in the studio with us and, and provide us all this, this this beautiful content, man. So I appreciate you, brother, from doing this, man, because I know you are very very busy man and you out here working it's obvious from your work ethic bro so man listen i make time for soul sessions this is the first time i'm able to be on here and the fact that you give me the opportunity shout out to you shout out to you giving us poets the ability to have a platform like this and shout out to your poetry like you're one of my major influences and i want to tell you that publicly uh to you because you inspire me and i've been following you since even before lady of city and rains um you know uh you know, uh, raining poetics. Thank I've been you, watching brother. you and watching you shine and watching you deliver such beautiful poetry. You make poetry poetry. And thank you, my brother. I, I thank really you, for, you for for that. So I appreciate you, my brother. I really do, man. But listen, man, we want to get to this last piece, man. My audience right. is waiting, man. Like the stage is yours. Let me let me set the mood for you. Let me set the mood <laughs> coming back. And uh go ahead, brother, take it away. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my brother and your brother, Mr. Trey Brown. All right, so for this final piece, I want to stay in the activism bag. And I think where I'm going to go with this is one of my other signature favorite poems. This is called My Black Versus Your Bullet. My Black. The most dangerous weapon in a country that claims to be united, labeled improperly as criminals, and considered guilty even when innocent, your bullet. Will not crumble by not acknowledging its mistakes or taking accountability in each state, concealed with racism in each metal, soaked in the cantankerous sense of a world that's used to replace whips and slurs with gunshots, praises the ignorant and the degenerate, my black. The most beautiful creation that even the sun gives praise to Because though the rays may try to burn my skin It gives light to the very essence of my soul And kisses the very gift of my melanin My black is the strongest possession that the world cannot try to hold My black cannot be destroyed by mere mortals whose hearts are cold Your bullet is more than what can be found in your cartridges It's your nooses, your all lives matter rhetoric It's your, if they had just complied, they will still be alive It's your feeling to understand that I belong anywhere that my feet touch the earth Your bullet is the blindness that you're oblivious to because your life 
think is it can't in darkness due to your contentment of emulation of my blackness rather than celebrating and appreciating who I am. My black is a fruit that rests on the garden of Eden. Your blood cannot enter my sacred land because you are wade in troubled waters and you'll be ashamed of your own nakedness. My black praises black queens and uplifts black kings. My black lies on the strength of how mama prayed for me, how I remain secured in my grandmother's hands with my father by my side. I restructure myself in his wisdom, correction, and direction. My black is why I march even if it snows in April. No matter what turmoil may come, Juneteenth will forever be my day of freedom, but your bullet, your keep your America great bullet, your she can't run the Olympics because of THC and it's only CBD bullet, your the election was rigged bullet, your holding the Bible upside down, mispronouncing a book of the New Testament bullet, your I'm mistaken for a taser bullet, your Blexit bullet, your shut up and dribble bullet, your I can't be racist, I have black friends bullet, your I put raisins in my potato salad bullet, your hello officers, my name is Karen bullet, order in the court Defending may you please rise. The jury has reached a verdict. In the case of your bullet, having examined all the evidence, listening to the witnesses whose lives were taken by those with hoods and badges whose peace has been disrupted, their children's minds and education has been corrupted, justice has been given, combined with your poor excuses that you've designed with your disguise, having a constant identity crisis while crossing enemy lines, we, the My Black Jury, honorable and true, being of sound mind with no ounce of fear in our bodies, finds your bullet guilty of all charges, with no chance for time served, no opportunity for probation or parole, but will you do the time? Or you try to kill me for protecting my black with your bullet? Will you shoot? Try. Felt that piece of my. I was over here like revolution, man. Like, like putting up the black fist, bro. That joint right there, man. Very powerful piece. Thank man. you. Very powerful piece, man. And I have a gift for you. And I have a gift for you. So what I'm gonna do is for you. Once I get settled into this hotel, I want you to DM me your email. I'm sending you the Black Marathon, the book free of charge. Oh, you will have you, that to brother, you as man. a gift from me to you, as well as the rest of my entire collection. Thank so you, make sure you brother. send me uh, your DM, I will, and I'm I will gonna send that to you. Do that, and um, and this, and I'm gonna ask you because I do this from time to time. I like to take poems from people, and I like to read them. I like to perform them in a way that I, like my interpretation of the poem. So I'm asking, oh, go ahead. do I have your permission to do one of your pieces on the show? Bruh, just tap. Listen, when you do it, call me so I can be there front and center. I don't care if I'm working. I don't care if I get fired. I want to hear somebody read my work. Like, that would be, I would oh, cry my eyes away. Like, Bro, brother, I'm going to do that, man, because your pieces, man, are very hard provoking man I mean I'm really moved by your pieces and a lot of poets don't do that for me I love poetry to the point whereas you know I just love it just the way it is but then you have those artists that take me there that really you know give me wow. my little dose what I need to get to to inspire me to write more pieces man and brother you do it for me man like your work ethic alone is tremendous and you need to be applauded man y'all need i need my my followers to go out there and support this brother man please go out and support man, this brother you. man because he's out here he's doing the work and it's not it's not a game like he's putting the work in like for real go out there and support him find him on instagram his name is trey brown on instagram you'll see him come from time to time and uh do a show here there on, on the gram but uh get acquainted with this brother man Follow yeah, him, man. man. Follow him, people, for real. For real. 
For real. My Thank you all so much, man. Thank you so much for this man. opportunity. Shout out to Soul Session. Shout out to the team I'm about to be with called Really Dope, Really Filthy. I'm at this event in Philadelphia. And then I'll be in Atlanta for the Poet Life um, from July 26th to the 24th. Uh, shout out to Poet Life itself. And shout out to Soul Sessions, man. They really bring that soul, that fire, that beauty, that energy that we all need. And then, yeah, stay tuned for my spoken word album, Infinity. Um, it's going to be crazy. Definitely, yeah. man. I love y'all, man. We love you too, my brother. You keep doing what you're doing, man. We're here to support you, man. We're Thank definitely you. here to support you. Thank you for coming through the show, brother. We man, really appreciate it. You have an open invitation. Anything you got dropping, you send me a link and I'll, and I'll blast it on the air for you, man. I'll let the people I'm know. Actually, I'm actually going to be re-releasing my single October 6th. So when I uh, record it on Tuesday and all that and master it, I'm going to send it to you. You can play it. Most it's definitely, gonna be... man. I will definitely play it, brother. I will definitely play it. Man, for real, brother, you got a home here, man. Never be Thank a stranger, you. brother. And uh, definitely want to get you back on the show in a different capacity because I do... Uh, panel discussions and sometimes I need the male perspective because I got one coming up with the female perspective but sometimes I need that male perspective and I need other voices there that can really elaborate on the situation so you, I would definitely you got me that, brother you got me anytime you need me all you gotta do is say Trey I'm about to put you for this let's set up a day let's set up a time and I'm gonna make sure that I put in my work schedule so that you know what I'm saying so yeah let's do it thank you my brother once again man thank you for coming to the show one more time give it up for my brother Trey Brown man Thank you, thank you, thank you. So this is that part of our show where I, where I address my audience, where I address my audience and leave some, leave some parting words of encouragement. And let me play that song. I want you guys to know that you're hearing the sound of my voice.